Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Now for your hosts, Chris, Dan, Tom, Houston, and Zach. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight is the Belly Up Fantasy crew. Tonight we've got Houston, Ryan, and our own Zach Mack. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing tonight? Good, man. Doing well. Gone for a while. How have you been doing, man? You got a little vacation? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I went to the, I went to the, well, I was sick a couple weeks ago. So I was unfortunate. I'll never eat, uh, like I told you guys, I'll never eat Taco Bell the day of a show again. Um, And then last week had to go visit the fam up north and that was much needed. So um, yeah, good, good. But I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to be back. That's good. Houston, you working out those muscles, laying all those plants and stuff, brother? (laughs) I don't know if I've been working out the muscles, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a fun summer so far and it's going to continue to be fun, especially when we get a day closer to the season every day. Sounds like everything's going to be up and right. Um, I saw that they canceled the mini camps, though. So this be interesting to see the preparation for the NFL season. Uh, I think it was John Harbaugh came out and said that um, the NFL is making – COVID's making the NFL humanely impossible. Um it's going to be interesting to see how teams are going to prepare with the new rookies, with new free agent acquisitions. And it's just going to be interesting for fantasy football. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of veterans have pretty good first half of the seasons this year. Maybe that's a good show topic we can have and bring up sometime, but it's going to be interesting. COVID is going to have an impact um, on uh, how things are going to roll this year. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned something that just clicked in my mind. I know we didn't talk about this before the show, but how do you feel about, the NFL also possibly cutting down preseason from four to two games along with COVID along with all the team chemistry that has to be built. Uh, that's a big factor. Yeah. And I'll touch on this as, as a bears fan, you know, Matt Nagy last season took the approach of not playing Trubisky or any of the starters in the preseason. Saw that happen when we had week one contest first Thursday night game of the year against the Packers defense was strong, but offense looked terrible. wasn't clicking. Um, Nagy's plan for this year was to have Trubisky and Nick Foles battle it out in the preseason games. He said they're going to both play a lot of preseason time. Well, if you're cutting it down to two games, you know, how is that? What's that going to mean? Are they both going to play half? Are they both going to play a quarter? It'll just be interesting, especially. And I, I, as a Bears fan and even as a fantasy fan, it's interesting for the Bears when they're going to have this QB competition. Um, with that being said, I could it's still up in there who would win that competition, but yeah, it's going to have an impact. Ryan, Zach, I mean, talking about that position battles this summer, no mini camps cutting the preseason down into got to cut it down to 53 man rosters. I know I'm going off of a tangent right now because we didn't even talk about all this. I'm putting you on the spot, but what do y'all think about that? Because there's some really good position battles with incoming rookies versus 
guys who've been on the team for one or two years that, you know, in a normal year, these rookies would beat these guys out no problem, hands down. Yeah, I think it's really tough in the rookies. JT, I'll bring the cowboy hat next week if you want me to. <laughs> uh, I am definitely – it's uh, something that just came to me too when you were saying that is like, wow, this is going to affect rookies and the guys that are coming in for the first year more than it is the guys that already know the playbooks. Same with any new offensive coordinators. Like something I need to really look at as far as my rankings is they're not going to have enough time to prep. I mean, this, this is, is uncharted water for everybody, not just us, but the players – Fantasy football communities, I mean, rankings, projections, all these things, dynasty rankings. I mean, it's it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you talk about dynasty rankings. Don't you have a couple questions for us here today, Chris? I do. I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about myself, but we will since you brought it up. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm in a couple of these new dynasty leagues that are beyond me and I obviously talk to y'all I message Ryan at like 11 o'clock at night when I'm on the clock (laughs) but I mean how do you guys feel about taking some I mean I'm sure we might talk about this at this or that because you haven't been we're not privy to that knowledge um but just right off the top of my head how do you guys feel about taking a Jerry Judy CeeDee Lamb um over someone who's more established like an Emmanuel Sanders uh, a Calvin Ridley, or I'm sorry, a, uh, yeah, Calvin Ridley, um, someone like that. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're talking dynasty, I'm still fine with taking those guys. But uh, in redraft, it's going to be interesting to see how those, especially rookie wide receivers, um, with Judy and Lamb and Rager and Michael Pittman and all those guys, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to connect with their team with that being said though I feel like it's easier for a quarterback and a wide receiver to go out to the park go out to a training field and you know run routes you know what there's no fun of stepping back and handing the ball off to your running back I mean that's you don't go to the park and do that but uh you know I feel like the rookie wide receivers like you talk about I'm still hesitant on them regardless uh Jerry Judy I don't know how much of a year one impact with him. And the list goes on. You know, honestly, some of my favorite year one guys, if we're talking about rookie wide receivers, is Michael Pittman Pittman Jr. for the Colts and Jalen Rager for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Obviously, two guys took later. And I've talked about it. a a whiskey sour right now for you for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it is going to be interesting, you know, so – I mean, prior to this, to everything really, when COVID wasn't a thing and people were doing really, really early dynasty drafts, these guys were flying off the board. And now I'm, like I I mentioned before, these FCE leagues, these rookies are just there. I mean, you're scrolling past all these guys regularly to find a more veteran person at the ADP. And, you know, if COVID wasn't a thing, these guys would be off the board. It's crazy. So, uncharted water for everybody. Uh, but let's get into some of these questions that we've been getting on Twitter. Um, first goes out to Nate G0387. Um, he sent us out a Twitter, or he sent us out a message asking for help in his league. Um, he's got, and it's a dynasty league, obviously. So, he's got a trade question for us, guys. I answered it the best that I could. But, you know, when I answer stuff, I'm always going to root for my guys. I want to take it to, you know, a, a, a even playing field so he has everyone's answer. Um, 
So he has Kenyon Drake, Cooper Cup. He wants to trade those guys and his 2020 1.112, 2021 late second round pick hasn't been decided yet for your guys, Houston, Monty, DJ Moore, and an early 2021 second round pick. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I uh, you talked about my guys. Uh, David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery is going to be the safest bet for 240 opportunities this season. You, and he's, t- he's going to be took as the – he right now he's RB25 off the board. No running back that's received 240-plus carries has ever finished outside of the top 25 running backs, and that's where Monty's going right now. Um, long-term, offensive line's not the best for the Bears, but long-term they will improve that offensive line. Uh, DJ Moore now playing Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a PPR machine. Um, you know, Bridgewater, he can – Go low, you can go high, you can go over the middle, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I would probably take that trade. I'm not huge on Cooper Cup. If the Rams go out to 12 personnel, Cooper Cup's in the bottom 12th percentile against press and man coverage. Why playing outside? And they took Van Jefferson in the second round. It, they didn't need to, but they did. Or was it third? I don't remember. They took him way too early. That and the Rams didn't need to. Yeah, so I like that. I do like that trade for him. So yeah. All right, Nate, so from Houston, like I told you, he would say, do the trade. Ryan, Zach, do you all have anything to add to that? I think if you're trying to win now, you don't make that trade. If you're building a dynasty team for the future, that trade's a no-brainer. But I think that Drake has a chance easily to outscore Montgomery this year. Cup has outscored more every year. Uh, I don't like Carolina, but I do like Montgomery and Moore much better long-term then I like Drake and Cup. So if you're trying to win the league this year, I don't make that deal, um, especially when you can add a probably a quality player at 112. But for every year after this year, I like Montgomery and more better than Drake and Cup. And the draft picks, to me, don't sway me. I, I would take Montgomery and more. If I didn't think I had a realistic shot at winning it this year, I'm moving to the younger guys that I think have more potential in the future. My man, Zach Mack over there, you agreeing with Ryan on that? Yeah, I, I agree with what they both said. I got nothing to add to that. That's fair. Uh, I saw a cool stat. Houston mentioned the 240 solid, the volume that David Montgomery is going to get tags from fantasy, uh, from fantasy pros. I think he came out with that. But Sylvester came out and said, you know, you can get 240 carries all day long, but if you're averaging 1.3 yards carry, it's really not going to add up to too much. So we'll have to see how that offensive line plays because Montgomery is an animal. I mean, no yeah. doubt about that. And he's got the potential to be a great back. Um, and I'm not very high on Kenyon Drake uh, per se, but out right. of the two, I do like Cooper Cup. I like my little Cooper Cup. So gotta Yeah, it. that stat was pulled from Mike Taglier. I just didn't remember where I pulled it from. No, but that's a great stat. I mean, I mean – there's a lot of math that goes behind that, and that's what we want to give our viewers. Uh, these guys that are asking us questions, we want to make sure we give them the best possible information out there. So good on you, Houston, for bringing that up. Uh, second trade is from Becca S. She's in a two-quarterback PPR league that starts three wide receivers. She's got my guy Kyler Murray, Devontae Parker, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Someone offered her a trade of Drew Brees, Brandon Cooks, Jordan Howard and Chris Carson, and also a 2021 first round pick to be decided later. Dynasty League, obviously. Do you make the trade? 
seems like a lot. Seems like an overpay, right? Like, not for a dynasty league, I don't think. Right, not not in dynasty. The best assets are all on her team. Ceh is better in dynasty than Howard and Carson. I think Parker is better in dynasty than Cooks, and I think Murray is better. Well, I mean, I know Murray is better in dynasty than Breeze. And then that 2021 first. I mean, I like next year's draft, but that's a lot. I mean, where do – no, I don't make that trade. I might consider it in redraft, but I would get another first if I was making it in Dynasty. And you have to – again, you have to think you're going to win the league this year. Right. If you don't think you can, then this is going to cripple you long term. I don't disagree with that at all. I told her to hold. Houston, do you have anything? No, I don't. I agree with what Ryan and both Zach said. Um one thing I want to do here before we uh, answer this last question, it does look like Michelle is ready, so let's uh, get her in here. Let's go. Hi, guys. Hey, Michelle. How are you doing tonight? How are you? Oh, we cannot complain. We're doing great. Uh, sorry, I didn't have an intro for you. For everyone who's watching, this is Michelle. She's co-host of Blast or Ball Blastem, and then also her new pop, or a new stream, Double Date with her and Kate. It's so awesome, so fun. Last night... They uh, were drinking Tito's. Go Kappa Sig. We love Tito vodka. Um, uh, I might be drinking it again. So it's <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to send you some of that later then. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for supporting us, guys. She is awesome. Um, she has countless amounts of stats that she posts on Twitter uh, and, like, relevant stuff. Uh, the other day, I'm a big Julio truther. Uh, we'll talk about who you're a truther of in a little bit. Yeah. But I love Julio. Um you came out with the stat just blew my mind. And it's not even really a stat. It's just facts. Like, he's going to be under contract until he's 39. Yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think it was 35, right? 34 or 35? Yeah. Ridley is going to be 30 by the time. That's right. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. There's a lot of Ridley truthers out there, so I'm just trying to quiet them down. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, first thing I got to ask you, Michelle. How did you get into fantasy football? Like, what brought you here? I've got a daughter who's 16 months old, and I want her to follow in all of y'all's footsteps. So I need to know what happened. You know what? You can be that horse because the reason I play fantasy football is because my father is so into football, fantasy football. So he had the same league now. He still does for, I don't know, 30 years. And he used to write down all the points. And he did that up until like three years ago. He finally gave in and went to the electronic system. But he loved it. He would come home after watching football and go on and do his little marks and do everyone's scores. But so very young age, like I think it was like nine or 10, he started like a little family league because I have three siblings, me and then my mom and dad. So it was just a 16 league. But every Sunday we'd wake up, draft a new team. So it was a new team every week, wow. and we drive go around, and then we would just have fun and watch football all day. That's what we did on Sundays as a family. So I grew up with fantasy football my whole life. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, being in fantasy football from such a young age, what was your most memorable fantasy football moment? Because there's got to be a ton of them. Oh, yeah. My brother finally let me – so my brother is – my oldest one is 11 years older than me. So he wouldn't let me in his league with his friends for the longest time. I was like, please, please, please. So he finally let me in. I think I was like 15 or 16. And that very first year, I beat them all. So I was I was super proud. But another one I wanted to bring up is that I – so my wife and I have the podcast together, right? So we have our Ball Blast brand. Well, last year, we were in uh, one of our leagues. We played against each other in the first playoff week. And my team was garbage. Like, it was the sixth seed. It was the last one. And it did not deserve to win. And she was the first seed. 
like I'm telling you, I was starting Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, Robbie Anderson, Darius Slayton. Uh, my quarterback was Brissett. She has I'm, I'm going through the roster. She has Derek Henry, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt. And then that was a game that Darius Slayton put up like 30 points on Monday night, or it was football. Yeah. And uh, I beat her by a, a couple points. I think she wanted to divorce me that night, but I felt <laughs> I felt good. I felt good. That's awesome, yeah. Ryan. That sounds like one of your teams that you would throw together right there and just win a championship with. I love Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. When you mentioned the 30-year league like your dad, I, that brought me right to Ryan. I mean, he's in a league like that with his family, and it's crazy to get into. Yeah. You know, like I, I did scores as well on the papers. He has stacks of papers that he used to handwrite. Monday morning, he'd get the paper and yep. write it in because there was no internet when they started doing it. Yep, yep, yep. My dad did the same thing. He had those binders for every year. He was so into it. I'm sure it was so much fun, though. Like, if you really love doing it, I, I'm sure it was a blast. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. I've got a five-star notebook that's just – got to get another one here pretty soon because it's just full of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Google Docs. <laughs> Michelle, you being a Zach, Moth tru- a Zach Moss truther, I mean, everything that I've seen about you and everything that you've talked about in our league, our best ball league that we have, you snagged him up and you were so excited. Uh, tell the world, I mean – there's obviously been people on Twitter that are like, okay, everyone knows Zach Moss is the deal now because of you. Um, they still don't trust it. I mean, it's, they're not taking my advice, and it's fine. He could he could bust. Who knows? Uh, you know, we never know what's going to happen. I He was my running back, too, before the draft, right? I love his talent. He was one of the best. He was the best in yards after contact, in uh, forced missed tackles, in yards per reception. And, you know, he was so good in every area. His vision is elite, and that's something you can't teach. And he's perfect and not perfect. He's really good in pass protection, too, Um, when he was asked to do it. He wasn't asked to do it that much. So we'll see how that translates to the NFL. I I think he got put in a really good spot here with Buffalo. They need a a guy that they can trust in short-yarded situations or on the goal line. And a lot of areas where Singletary excels, Moss does too. But then he does other things better, where he's a bigger back. He can be used in those areas. And then he's actually a way better receiver, where Singletary was one of the least efficient in college. And that's actually something that translates really well from college to the NFL. And then he was the least efficient last year in the NFL. So people think of Singletary as a receiving back, and he's like the worst at it. Um, and he had like some of the most percentage of drops, too, off his target. So I do think that maybe Singletary, try, they try to put him in that hole of the receiving back. But if he's not showing he can be productive, I think Moss can steal those snaps as well. I mean, talking to you for a little bit and looking at Zach Moss's college player, just the eye test, this dude is a three-down back. Yes. He is the real deal. Singletary had a lot of flashes last year, and that's what I remember. I don't remember him – Blocking. I don't remember him breaking off a good run. I don't remember him catching the ball. I just remember flashes of like 50 yard run, 50 yard catch type thing. And that was it. You know, Zach Moss, though, I mean, he's your true. I mean, give him some time. But yeah, I mean, they had Frank Gore do a lot of stuff last year, the Ages Wonder. And Zach Moss, I believe, is better. So. And I think Zach Moss is going to have so many goal line opportunities. So. Josh, everyone thinks Josh Allen steals all these goal line carries, and he really doesn't. They try to get Frank Gore in the end zone. It's just he kept failing. So then Josh Allen, they would finally use him on third and fourth down, and then he would get in because it was one yard, and Frank Gore couldn't get in on one yard. 
I think he had something like eight carries from the one yard line, and you only got him twice, like Frank Gore. Wow. And then another three carries from the two yard line, and only got and didn't get in at all off of those. Um, so that's a total of eleven carries from two yards in, and you only got him twice. That's beyond bad. It takes wow, a second to get really that. That stat. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with that kind of stat. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, can you enlighten us on some more of these Buffalo players that we need to look at in fantasy drafts coming up? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's really too many more because I think, um, <laughs> like, I think Stephon Diggs going there is really good for the whole offense. I just don't know if it's good for his fantasy value. I can't find too many targets to give him because I still think John Brown is going to be heavily involved. But you have to, so I might think John Brown's still going to be heavily involved, but that still hurts him too because Diggs is there. Like, he can't do what he did last year. So I think everyone in that receiving core kind of goes down. I'll probably stay away from that group altogether. I, I don't think there's enough targets to go around for Dawson Knox to have a breakout year in his second season. We normally see those breakouts for tight ends when they really need a wide receiver, or, you know, another receiving option. And that's just not what we have with the Bills right now. I think they're going to be a very run-heavy team. Uh, so Josh Allen has always been one of my favorite fantasy quarterbacks. You're going to have that rushing floor like he's going to give you such a safe floor every single week that he's not going to bust for you he didn't have a ton of boom games last year but he was still really great in fantasy I think he ended up as a quarterback six or seven on the year he, he was really fun to own because he never hurt you uh so he's another guy I'll be targeting a little bit later because he's he's not going too high still he's still going in those later rounds was it you or Kate that Put out the stat or uh, put out the thing that was Josh Allen and like the list of most owned players, and Josh yeah. Allen was up there. That was me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I, that actually, really cool. I, I like that actually. I was going through my leagues. I was actually shocked at how much I own Josh Allen because I keep trying to get him in different leagues because I felt like I didn't own him enough. And then I realized I own him everywhere. So I don't know what I was thinking, but I, I really <laughs> like him. And I think he actually, he, I think he's going to do a lot better in the passing game this year. Maybe not like his completion percentage. I don't think is going to fly up, but I think Stephon Diggs being there will help him a lot um, and, and just continue to grow his success as a quarterback in the NFL. I know Ryan and I were talking about the receiving core of the Bills a while back. Um, Ryan, did you have anything to add to that about those three guys? Because I think they're really good. And like she was mentioning, I don't think Dawson Knox is going to get the, the the targets that he needs. I'm personally high on Knox, but it's because I saw him flash. And so I saw flashes where I was like, whoa, in Dynasty, I want to get my hands on this guy. Uh, my curiosity really would be, do you think Gabriel Davis can top, can crack the top three over Cole Beasley? Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'm Cole sure. Beasley, yeah. Cole Beasley was such a big part of Josh Allen being more accurate. I mean, as accurate as he could be last year. But also his completion percentage went up because Cole Beasley was helping him in those areas. So I think he's a big part of his growth. And I don't think Cole Beasley sees as many targets as he does last year, but I still think he gets 75 targets around there. Uh, and I don't see Gabriel Davis touching, getting even close to that. I actually have um, – I have him at 32 targets, Gabriel Davis. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's – Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I guess that answers our question, huh, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, where can our followers and yours find your future works and just what are you working on right now? I know that you just came out with the double date, which is yeah. awesome. Everyone needs to check that out because it's so fun. Uh, but what are you working on next? I know y'all are working on something. Oh, we're always working on something. It's a second job. <laughs> so right. we're always working on research. And you can find a lot of that research on my Twitter account. I normally post them in threads, but you can find me at ballblastm, ballblastm. It's spelled just like... Right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so so just like that, you can find me on Twitter, but we're also, we have ballblastfootball.com where we put up our articles and we have a few writers on there. So we're posting stuff every day. It's a lot of fun. And then we have our podcast. We put out an episode a week. Uh, that's on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. And that's just a video podcast. And then on Thursday nights at nine, we do the double date, which is the live stream on YouTube and Periscope and Twitter live, you can find it. So uh, that's where you can find all of our work. Awesome. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us, giving us your insight, uh, letting us know where we can follow you at, because you are awesome. Uh, Everyone who doesn't know, she's in Scott Fishbowl X, so look for her to dominate her division. What division (laughs) did you already pick one? Uh, I tried. I I put in, like, a request. I did playing cards. I play cards a lot. Yeah. but and that I try to pick spot three. I feel like that's a good spot. I really like spot three too. We do mock drafts, Houston and I, every Saturday, and that three or four just seems like a really good sweet spot. Yeah, I, I can't decide though if I would go like with Barkley CMC or go with a quarterback. I can't figure it out, but I'm leaning right. quarterback at the mo- moment. Well, as long as you get Zach Moss, right, that'll be okay for you. Yeah. <laughs> if someone takes him from me, I swear to God, I'm going to burn down all of us. I thought in our group chat when you took Zach Moss, my uh, my phone was going to explode from all the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. We can't wait to have you back on. Hopefully two of us can come on your double date show with you and Kate. So we yeah. really look forward to that, guys. We would love that. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, too. Everyone who was watching, that was Michelle from Ball She's amazing. She's so cool. Follow her on Twitter. Uh, She puts out really good stats, her and her wife, so it's really fun to watch them interact. Um, Let's finish up this last question that we had real quick, Houston, Uh, you being the big dynasty guy. So my buddy, Hunter Janelle, I've known him since we were young, 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 young. He's in a dynasty league, kind of like Ryan, kind of like Michelle. They've been in doing it for – I think this is their 12th year going on right now. And he has never traded a future pick. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. You know, um, I future picks, I think uh, 2020 or this 2020 draft class here um, is kind of flipping the dynasty community a little bit since it was so deep. I mean, you look at the, year before in 2019 there wasn't a, you know an overabundance of talent in that second round 
where this year people were trading people were tra- trading 2021 first for 2020 seconds just to yeah. get a guy that they want. Um, you know, I don't blame him for not trading any of his future picks. Um, I think a lot of the time people will look to acquire future picks. Um, if you need to throw in a second or first to get a deal done, I think, you know, I personally don't trade a lot of my future picks. This was pre Philip Rivers going to the Colts, but I took, uh, I put Austin Hooper in a uh, 2021 second in for Keenan Allen. And, um, I don't I, know that's pretty good. <laughs> no, I, I I do like it. You know, it's going to be different with Rivers gone and see what Taylor or Herbert can do. But yeah, that's about the only movement of picks I do with my fantasy leagues. Um, there was one league this year that I tried to acquire as many 2020 picks uh, as possible just to see. You know, kind of like a, I didn't need a rebuild, but I had a couple foundational pieces on my team. So yeah, I don't blame him for not wanting to go. Uh, you said he wanted to trade for future or no, he has never traded a future pick, but there's a lot of future pick trading going on. He has hold yeah. still. Like I said, they've been in the league for over a decade and he's, he told me he's won it about four or five times. So, Oh yeah. Not the process, right? Yeah. No, I think he's doing a good job. Yeah. Zach, how do you feel about that brother? About not trading, never trading a future pick. Well, so let me, I'll tell you what I feel and then you can kind of, spitball with me um i've never traded a future pick until the other day uh i was messaging ryan and i was this is crazy 32 man league um i had to get a deal done to get drew Brees in the third Uh, so it's 32 teams right and it's a full idp so it goes from round one to 50 there's over a thousand players you got to pick and i wanted the best offense shoot why not right i want value at my guys the only way to get my deals done was to trade future 2021 first, second, third, fourth rounders um, to add on to these guys. So I could get the value in the third round of this year and the fourth round and the fifth round of this year and double up my picks. Um, I feel like it was necessary at that point. I can see some sometimes like in his situation where it might not be, but I'm all for it, you know? Like Ryan kind of said, if you got or like Houston kind of said, if you got to do it to get the deal done, why not? Yeah, I don't. Uh, uh, so this dynasty league that we're doing is the first dynasty league that I've been a part of. Otherwise, I've only been a part of redraft leagues. So as far as trading a future pick, I don't think like to me it seems like uh, not something you would like, not a ideology you would want to lean on as far as strategy goes, but. I could see him just being like looking back on like, wow, I've never traded a future pick before, but I mean, me personally, I'm, you know, I, I, I like to throw stuff around, you know, I'll throw around a, I, I offered in this year's just to, I was trying to get Jordan love so bad in our draft that I offered a, a future pick for it. And I always just, I always feel like I can go back and get that pick or I can compensate for that pick later on if I need to. But um, I, it, it's 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 another thing where I'm like I'm curious how you guys answer this question because like like I said this is my first dynasty league so uh, whereas I'm probably not going to lean on the fact that I don't want to trade future picks because I will throw around my future picks if I need to. Um, Noted. I'll send you over. <laughs> <throw off> the <laughs> I, I it's it's interesting to because I'm I'm also at the same token trying to gauge what future picks are worth as far as trying to win later versus winning now. Um, 
I don't know about you guys. I'm trying to win now. I want to win now. I don't care about tomorrow. I want to win today. See, everybody says that, and I'm just like, I'm more along lines of, I'm trying to win, like, you can win now, but let me win years four through six. You know, yep. like, and that's fair. That's fair. Houston, take my side on this one. You know, I'm always kind of a win now kind of guy. I have a feeling that Ryan's kind of a win later. Um, one thing you do see in leagues, though, um, at least in leagues I play in, as league kind of forms, people say, hey, let's throw another $10 in this year. Let's throw another $20 in this year. You know, I kind of feel like some leagues, their buy-in kind of increases just 10 20 bucks, or 50 bucks. you know, every year. So, yeah, if you're playing in Dynasty and you're playing for the future, you know, that's uh, the more money's in, the more you can win. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's fair. I think yeah. about those picks as like – sorry, man. No, you're good. You're good. I think about those picks as another asset on your team. The rule of thumb is a first next year is worth a second this year of equal. At least that's what I have seen, and I do not agree. I think a first is a first is a first. So I almost never have my first coming into the league, the draft, but I usually have someone else's. Um, If I'm trying to win, I will utilize my next year's firsts my next year's, all of my next year's draft picks to win now. If I'm trying to rebuild, I am trying to acquire as much draft capital as possible while trading guys who might make me better this year to suck so I can have the first pick next year and I can lock down my guys and build a future. Like you said, I won't win this year, but I'm totally cool with getting last if it gets me the first pick. next. It's not tanking. It's trust the process. Trust the process. Hey, (laughs) Does Philadelphia have Embiid and Simmons? Does that happen if they don't trust the process? No. You can't get um, the 1-1 one, one unless your team sucks or you have bad injury or you make an aggressive move. I have Saquon Barkley because I traded 14 for a first and a second the next year, and that guy finished last place. Wow. Yeah, and, and so I was thinking, I have 14. So at worst, I'm going to get – it's a 16-team league. At worst, I'm going to get 16 and 32 for 14. I said, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It ended up being 14 for 1 and 16. It was the, one of the best trades I've ever made. I got Saquon because of it. And now I'm not trying – now I'm trying to get rid of my picks to make my team better now because my title window is now with Saquon. And running backs, that's the way I look at it. When I have stud running backs, win now. If I don't have stud running backs, find a way to get one and then win them. So if I don't have a running back that I think is one of the best running backs in the league, I'm going to make moves to acquire one of the best running backs in the league later on. Or I'm going to use my first-round draft picks to a team that might have Saquon and a bunch of trash, and I'm going to load him up with draft capital and get Saquon for it. And just Because the draft picks are not worth anything. They're worth what the player you get them at are worth. So if you drafted Demarcus Russell with the 1-1, your 1-1 is worth garbage. But if you get a guy that's a beast at 1-1, that is worth more than next year's first or last year's first because of the guy you got there. So I think that trading picks is just something you do based on your team uh, layout as it is currently or what you have to plan for your long-term plan. Ryan, I think you said it perfectly and eloquently. I think you just came up with an article right there on the spot, actually, too. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely read that. Uh, everyone at home, though, before we go into – Houston's this or that, and then the rest of the AFC uh, East. If you like our podcast, if you like our stream, if you're following us right now and you like what we're saying, you like our flow, 
go check out the rest of the Belly Up Fantasy lineup or the Belly Up Sports Talk lineup. Uh, it's amazing, guys. We've got last minute of play. We've got putt, putt pass with our own Zach Mack, baby. I mean, he's bringing the fire. I watch that every week, and I love it. Uh, we got Corner Booth Podcast. We've got the Hardcourt Honeys around the world for the weekend who just dropped a great show tonight. Y'all need to go check that out on Twitter. And then also A World Without Sports. Uh, they've been kind of not posting stuff right now just because of weather, but they will get back on it. And please use the hashtag bust. See what you're missing, guys. Um, Houston, let's actually do this or that at the end of the show because uh, I want to have a couple more beers to kind of just mellow things out. You know what I'm saying? So, Zach, let's talk about the dominating New England Patriots. You got the hat on, man. You're rocking it. It looks great. Um, they've got a new quarterback, or so we think a new quarterback in Jarrett Stidham. Uh, they've also got Brian Hoyer. Uh, Sony Michelle just had foot surgery. He's recovering today. Every, all signs point to him being great. We know what James White can do. Patriots receivers have always been an X factor. They got new tight ends as well. So enlighten us, man. I know you did a little bit of research on these guys. Let us know what you got. Yeah, I mean, as, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of fantasy outlook as far as the Patriots go, if we're being honest. Uh, and I, d- I also want to put on the record, I may be wearing the hat. I am the furthest thing from a Patriots fan. Okay, I lost a bet, had to buy it. Chris, Chris assigned me to the Patriots, so I thought I'd wear it tonight, but I'm not a Patriots fan. Um, it, it's a very weird situation for New England. Obviously, 12 is gone, but... It's also it's compounded with this COVID thing, which you touched on in the intro to our show, is that normally with a situation like this where we don't really know, we could make we can make our takes one way or another, how much of it was Tom, how much of it was Bill Belichick, how much of it is the New England Patriots as a culture. Bottom line is we just we don't really know until they hit the field for the first time. And with COVID, normally we'd have some sort of insight we've got either beat reporters or guys on site or guys reporting from within about how things are progressing without the most decorated player in the NFL's history and we just don't have that so and I think that plays a lot to Bill Belichick's strengths he likes to keep things quiet he likes to be under the radar I think we might see some things that we weren't expecting to see out of the New England Patriots this season the problem is especially if you're doing redraft leagues, we just don't know right now. Like, it, it, he says Stidham is his guy. I'm a Michigan State guy, so I would like to see Hoyer and Lewerke battle it out. That'd be great. But Yeah, Lewerke, but, baby. I mean, that dude is – he's got Tom Brady 2.0 written on him. So Yeah, so, I, you know, I, to me, I'm personally staying away from Patriots as far as redraft leagues go for the time being, until we hear more. Um as far as uh, dynasty leagues go, I mean, they're young at the tight end position. So there's, I think there's room to think that they could probably, you know, whether it's uh, Keen or uh, uh, I don't know, how, how do you, ICSC? Is that, that's all I said in Spanish class. ICSC. I call him Devin A. Devin A. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they, there could be a future there, especially depending on how Bill Belichick's offense looks without Tom Brady. I mean, if it's much the same, if it really was Bill, then – we can put, you know, stock in these tight ends for the future. We can put stock in Edelman as a, as far as right now. But uh, even Julian Edelman, like, I I was for the longest time 
Tom Brady made Julian Edelman. I don't, I don't know what Julian Edelman is without Tom Brady. And I still stand by that. I, I don't know if you guys feel differently, but I'm not sure that Julian Edelman is an elite wide receiver without Tom Brady. So and I think that's the strongest piece of fantasy that they have. Before these guys jump in, because I know they're ready. I don't trust anyone on the team except for James White and Sonny Michelle, and not even that much. So I'll let Ryan, you go first. Houston, you finish it up, but. You basically summed it up. I will get White or Michelle if their value is correct. I'm not reaching for them. Um, same for Stidham, just because, what, is Hoyer going to take the job? Probably not. Uh, so as far as, like, a QB depth. And then, uh, I mean, Nikhil Harry, to me, is a huge question mark. If I can get him late, I'll get him. And then, like he was saying, I like Asiasi and, uh, if that's how you say it, and Keen as tight ends in Dynasty. I've seen a lot of hype that Keen is the one to own in Dynasty. I don't know enough personally to make that call, but it's been more and more what I'm seeing is that Keen will be the future tight end there over Asiasi, which, I mean, their guess is as good as mine, I guess. Bilicek is a uh, – it's weird. Houston? Yeah, so this probably burns my credibility of being any sort of fancy football analyst, being any sort of host or guest on this show. But like everybody's that's watching know me, I participate in a lot of best ball leagues. And, you know, to, to my surprise and to your surprise, Sonny Michelle is my number one owned running back currently at the moment. Um, and this isn't because I think that he's going to be – a number one running back, number one, finish as a number one fantasy running back. Not uh, the reason why I am taking him is I like to go with approach in 18 rounds. I'm grabbing about five, six running backs. And um, I'm getting Sony Michelle as my fifth running back on my team in most of these leagues. And that's probably, yeah. And that's uh, why that he, that's why I have so much ownership of him is because I'm grabbing him in the 11th, 12th round. Um, you know, around guys like Phil Lindsay and, you know, the back, the, the guys in uh, committee backfield. And as far as I'm concerned, he should be the day one starter. I was surprised today to see this foot uh, injury news because I didn't, I didn't know anything about this. Um, and I think a lot of the Patriots fans, uh, you know, average Patriots fans, not the diehards, were surprised by this news as well. Um, you know, they say that there's a possibility that he could start the lead or start the new season on the pup list. Um, so with that being said, I'll pro- I don't know. I'll have to monitor it. With that being said, I'm about I'm 26 percent Sony Michelle w- across my ownership ownership right now. So I'll probably that's his number. Yeah, I'll probably take that down a little bit. Yeah, you know, perfect. That's where I'll stand. But yeah, um, it's interesting. Just uh, so I'm not like a diehard Patriot fan or anything like that. I do monitor injuries, not huge injuries like that, but I owned Sonny Michelle last year. His knee injury tied into this foot injury. Um, oh, wow. Hold on. <laughs> wow. That's not good. Uh, so, yeah, his, uh, yeah, my beer is overflowing right now. So his knee injury that everyone saw on the goal line last year, he had to get walked off the field uh, by two guys. It just it correlated. He never had 
he was never the same guy after that. Yes, he did have the workload. He's a beast. He's from the SEC. He's from Georgia. You know, go SEC. It just means a little bit more there. So that knee injury correlated to his foot injury because he was putting more stress on his foot. Anyone who's followed our podcast, Ethan, our commissioner from one of my dynasty leagues, he's watching right now. I got to give him a shout out. He's looking at becoming a fantasy writer. He's a lawyer by day, hopefully fantasy writer by night. Um, but he's followed us for a little while. And I just want to throw him a shout out real quick. Cause he just threw me a shout out on my phone. Uh, but yeah, if you've watched us for a while, like he has, everyone saw me blow up about the whole David Johnson thing, AFC South injuries correlate with other injuries. Sony Michelle had the knee injury correlates to his foot injury just because he's putting more stress on other parts of his body. A lot of people don't realize that that's what's going on. That's why he had to have that surgery in the off season. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, and that's why he's recovering so quickly because it's not that big of a deal, but he had to do it. Um, in my projections, I've got Sonny Michelle getting a lot of work at the goal line, obviously, uh, just cause he's the bigger guy. Is James White going to vulture some touchdowns? Probably is Stidham probably going to run in one or two like Tom Brady did probably. But I think Sony Michelle is the dude to own in New England. Um, I do also think I want to add that uh, it's you. I think you want to keep your eye on this team though throughout because if you think about the other three teams that are struggling or the other three teams that are in their division, they tend to be aside from Buffalo, they tend to be struggling. And right. New England is playing all three teams to finish out their season. The last three games are all division games, Ooh. and depending on when your season ends, if it's week sixteen, if it's week seventeen. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. If there are guys that are performing well and the Patriots need a win or two to get in the playoffs, they have a capability of putting up big points late in the season. So I think that waiver wire wise, you do want to pay attention to the Patriots. I mean, who who uh, who picked up Cyrus Gray? Was that his name? Like three years ago for the Patriots running back? No one knew who he was. And he scored like four touchdowns, 300 yards. I mean, Giga Max. Yeah. Cyrus Gray, sorry, Cyrus Gray's an Aggie. What was yeah. his name, Ryan? I can't remember off the top of my head either. I know Bolden's done it before. Uh, they'll have a back just go for two or three touchdowns. It's like RB4. It's, I hate Bilicek. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Ryan, let's keep it moving, though, guys. Uh, tell me about the new kids on the block in this division. I mean, they've got the new hotness. They got Tua Tungabailoa. They've got Devontae Parker. They got Matt Breida. They got Jordan Howard. Gasecki, your guy. I know you want to talk about Gasecki. Tell me about the Miami Dolphins. I know CERN is probably not watching right now, but he will watch this later because he knows you're talking about the Dolphins. So 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of fantasy potential for the Dolphins. I don't know if it's going to translate to a lot of wins just yet, but as far as fantasy, whoever's starting between Fitzmagic and Tua, I couldn't tell you who's going to start. I think Fitzmagic's going to start, and I think Tua will come on later in the year. So I think if you get one, you should probably try to nab the other, and that's not easy considering in our rankings, they are right next to each other. Yeah. So you almost have to get them back-to-back. Um, but I – I think whoever's starting a quarterback is going to be a serviceable, especially in a two QB league. They're going to be a serviceable QB. They're going to, they can start for you. Um, as far as the skill guys, look, I don't think people realize what Jordan Howard has done in his career so far. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Houston, Houston. Yeah. But the guy's been pretty solid fantasy wise. And now you add Brita who have, I wasn't high on until he wound up in Miami as the, what I envision as the RB two, but not as far as like one and two, more like one, a one B. Um, I do assume Howard's going to get more of the goal line looks. So if you're in a touchdown heavy league, that makes more sense. Breed is more of the big play threat, but I do see Howard getting those goal line carries. I like either one of them if the value's right. I'm higher. I have more exposure to Howard just because I think Breda. I think a lot of people are assuming he's going to be the RB one, which I don't understand why. Um, but I like them both. When we get to receivers, Devontae Parker blew up last year. We were all waiting for that. But at the end of the year, he was a monster. I'm projecting him for nine TDs and 1,200 yards this year. I think he could end up being the best receiver in this division, uh, which isn't saying that much in this division. But I do think he could be the best receiver in this division. I love Preston Williams as a wide receiver too. uh, But I do think Gisecki becomes the number two target in that team. Speaking of breaking out late, Gisecki, man, he looks – right now I have him ranked as tight end three and tight end two in Dynasty. That's a, I think that most people are going to say that's too high, but I am all over him. At the end of the year, he was just scoring touchdowns, and he was making exceptional plays. If you look at his college numbers, he was a big play machine there. I mean, SEC he didn't – Do what? SEC guy. Did he play at Ohio State? Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm talking about Jarvis Landry in my mind right now. He's just running around. <laughs> hey, he played for Miami, man. Um <laughs> I do like Gusecki. Matter of fact, I love Gusecki. I have almost total exposure to him because I'm getting him earlier in the draft than anybody else is looking at him. Once Kelsey and Kittle are off the board, I'm all over him. Uh, I'm taking him wow, over. That's Andy. pretty high. I'm taking him over Ertz. I'm taking him over all those guys. Over Waller? Yeah, over Waller. You know my rankings. You've seen my tight end rankings. We'll you know I'm, later. I love Gusecki. So, yeah, I think that – I'm trying to get a lot of exposure to Parker and Gusecki, and I am happy to get Brita or Howard as like a depth piece at running back. I don't want to be starting them on a weekly basis unless one of them goes down, then mm, sign me up for that. But otherwise, get me some exposure to those guys, some exposure to the QBs. Uh, like you said, this division is not special uh, as far as defense goes. I mean, the Patriots have a good defense, but will they with the offense? being E this year. I mean, that's going to be a lot of pressure for the defense. I love Miami. Uh, I think they've made the biggest growth in the offseason as far as – and I like Brian Flores seems to have that team playing tough. Uh, they were not just giving up or rolling over. No, the they weren't. And I'm a huge fan of Brian Flores. So I think if you can get these guys at the right place, these could be game changers as far as – again, where's Parker going? If, if he's going early, don't go get him. But I have not seen him going very early, and I've been snatching him up in almost every league I've been in. 
I mean, he won leagues for people last year. I mean, Big time. He went crazy. Crazy. It's magic. I mean. That's why I'm hoping magic starts early. Houston, I got to ask you, though, while we're still on the Dolphins, there's a big, like Ryan was mentioning, 1A, 1B between Howard and Brita. I mean, for some reason, I lean towards Brita. You might lean towards Howard. Some other people might lean towards Howard just because of the bigger back. He's he might be he might fit the offense better for Flores. What are you thinking though? Because I never asked you. Yeah, and a great question for me. Uh, since 2015, Jordan Howard is third in the league in rushing yards. Third, uh, and this is just like his third team now. He, I mean. <laughs> It's crazy. It really is. I mean, I understand that he's not the most elusive back. He doesn't have good hands. That's the reason why he got out of Chicago. Nagy came in, wanted a running back that could fit his scheme. And, you know, that's a whole nother story when we get to the NFC North. But, um, you know, I'm leading Jordan Howard here, but both of their current draft positions is favorable for me. Um, You know, they went out and got Howard first. Breda was on the market. They could have went out and got Breda first if they really wanted to. I think they got into the draft. I thought they would go running back in the second round. Things didn't line up how they wanted. And then just decided to make some calls around and got Matt Breda. Um, Personally, I'll have to monitor how this situation goes. Um, But, yeah, I would lead Jordan Howard – I've seen stats and tidbits of why Breda is so inefficient in his level of inefficiency, but Breda is a speed guy. I think uh, he had a couple uh, of the top 10, like he held two of the top 10 breakaway speeds of last season. Uh, I think he got to like 20 miles per hour at one of his breakoff runs. Um, So yeah, I'd lean Howard. One thing I do want to say regarding the Miami Dolphins wide receivers, I do like press. Williams, undrafted free agent, free agent due to character concerns, um, but he is a top talent. If he would have had level, been level-headed, he would have probably went in the second round of that draft. Um, I think that would have been 2019-2018. I can't remember. But to continue going on, one thing, Devontae Parker, there was only one between weeks 2 through 17, the uh, – Wide receiver two behind Michael Thomas was Devontae Parker. He Between weeks two and 17, he was the number two fantasy wide receiver. So, yeah, I like how it's going to go. I don't think Tua will step on the field until about a month into the season uh, as a starter. But, yeah, I like uh, the Miami Dolphins. They, they could be in contention for winning this uh, division this year, I, I think. It's only going to take eight, nine wins, so I think they can do it. Zach, let me ask you this because – from an unbiased opinion from Ryan Houston. Fitz Magic, Harvard grad, extremely smart, highest score on the Wonderlick test, with Tua being one of the lowest scores on the Wonderlick test. Do you foresee Fitz Magic being a big brother mentor type thing? I do. Um, and I feel that this is the perfect place for these two guys to meld and make Ryan Fitzmagic's stop being a journeyman and being the guy that's going to grow this team towards the future per se. Yeah. I think that's a relationship that could work out in Miami's favor. Um, I think like as far as football IQ, there's stuff that Tua can learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Absolutely. Um, Tua can learn a lot from everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, to be honest, could he spend two years with Fitz magic and 
still not score a grade higher on the Wonderlick test again? I also, yes, I think that. I, I think, you know, the Wonderlick has so much to do with not football. You know, it's, it's all right. about cognitive. It's not, it, does, it doesn't break down football plays, anything like that. I think Fitzmat. I think Tua needs to be smart about it, and he needs to learn to take some things from Ryan Fitzpatrick and some things from his coaches, and that's the balance that a lot of rookie quarterbacks need to go through. But the fact that he even has a mentor or part of a mentor, depending on how you want to classify Ryan Fitzpatrick, is still a plus over other rookie quarterbacks in many other situations. So um, I think it's – I, I agree with everything you guys have said. I don't think Tua starts right away, but I think he starts eventually. Um, and I, I, I think it's going to be a situation where, unfortunately, Miami is forced to throw another quarterback in there because they're not performing the way they want to. And I don't know if that's going to be the best situation for Tua. But either way, I think he gets experience under his belt this year, and I think that's going to be good for him. Um, as far as the running backs go, I, I do want to side with Howard. Because I know that there was a shots. Um, okay, <laughs> I was I was a Brita guy, and then I thought I I thought he was going to be the guy in San Francisco, and he just wasn't. So um, I, I tend to lead Howard, but that's fair. There's a lot of smack talking going around during this segment. Uh, so everyone at home, commemorate your league winner in the best possible way. There's no other company in the business that does it better than Trophy Smack. They create trophies of all sizes, belts, and rings with a variety of colors, along with free engraving and free shipping. And now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt if you use the promo code BELLYUP. So click on our Trophy Smack link on Twitter or Facebook that you're watching right now and go to trophysmack.com and use the promo code BELLYUP to order today. Guys, they even ship to the UK. The Ryder Bowl this year, who I'm a part of, hashtag honorable. Arnold Palmer League is going to be using Trophy Smack this year. They use the code BellyUp. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to take it home for us. We're going to win it. Bring it home to the Americas, baby. Let's go. Houston, let's move on to the New York Jets, though. I mean, these guys had a lot of work that needed to be done. They had a lot of concerns. They've got a great back in Le'Veon Bell. They've got a quarterback who is young, who doesn't know not to drink from the beer pong table. They've got some good wide receivers, got a great defense. What are your thoughts on the fancy relevant players for the New York Jets? Yeah, so you talk about the young quarterback. Do you actually know uh, someone that was just drafted that actually is uh, older than Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold's what, 23, 22? 22. It's actually the first overall pick in the draft, Joe Burrow. Sam Darnold is younger than Joseph Burrow. Um, that being said, Darnold's 22. We talked about the mono last year. You know, turning 21 in New York is going to cause some kind of sickness, and he just happened to get mono. Um, currently, he's going after QB25 off the board right now. He did have, he did have offseason uh, surgery on his non-throwing thumb, so that should be just fine. But 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions in 2019. With the bottom five passing year, they're all, they're, they had Robbie Anderson. He's gone. But their wide receivers weren't very good. I do like the pick of Mekhi Becton uh, to solidify some of their offensive line. I think Darnold is going to progress a little bit more in 2020. He's not going to be a top 10 f- fantasy quarterback, not top 15. But he is going to get better play. They brought in a couple of wide receivers I'll talk about later. 
that are going to help his game. Uh, I Moving on to the running game, Le'Veon Bell, I'm kind of leading uh, for him this year. Obviously at the right position, he goes as the running back 20 off the board right now. Improved offensive line, like I said, with Mackay Becton. They brought in uh, uh, Greg Van Roden from the Panthers. Center Connor McGovern tackled George Fiant. You know, some of them will start. Some of them are death pieces for that offensive line, but it's going to be an improved offensive line. Uh, Lev Bell averaged 3.2 yards per carry. His career average is 4.5, so yeah, a little down year. But with the improved offensive line, I still think that he can have a little better this year. Frank Gore, I hope he doesn't cut into his workload, and he shouldn't, but you never know. Adam Gase is crazy, and he's not a very good head coach. I think this will be the last year we see Adam Gase as an NFL head coach. Regardless, he's not going to be offense coordinator, defense coordinator. You know, he might go to be filling water bottles. I don't know. He's not a good coach. He was a system with John Fox, and John Fox wasn't that good. John Fox was a system of Peyton Manning playing with some of the wide receivers that wanted to win. But regardless, you know, I if the situation, if the price for Le'Veon Bell is there, like the fifth round, I'd probably take him. Sixth round, uh, obviously only one or two shares of him in my leagues. I'm not going to grab him in every single league because he's just not the Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers, you know. But moving on to the wide receivers, I like the pick of Denzel Mims. He's currently going as the wide receiver 65 off the board. Big athletic guy that can go up and get the ball. He can beat press coverage, and he can, you know, drift to the outside if Darnold can hit him on the sideline in the back end of the touchdown. I would say that Mims probably will lead the lead, lead the team in touchdowns um, because I don't see Crowder as a big touchdown guy, but I do see Crowder as the big reception guy. Um, me and Chris talked about this before on our live mocks here that Crowder has a possibility of seeing 10 to 12 targets per game. And if you're playing in half-point, full-point PPR leagues, that's a great, great spot because he goes as the wide receiver 43 off the board right now. Real quick, what's that? Real quick, Darnold's first game back, wasn't that the game where he targeted Crowder like 15 to 20 times? I mean, it was like they were so on sync or so on the same page. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and with Crowder coming out of the slot, he's going to play a lot in the slot. I do like that. Uh, he saw 122 targets and 78 catches in 2019, and I see around 140 targets and 95 catches as he continues to be a decent average wide receiver out of the slot. Um, you know, we uh, saw Brashad Perriman's everybody fantasy superhero going in last year with the Jameis Winston-led Buccaneers, you know, the best fantasy offense in the league as long as you don't have negative 10 points per interception. Um, but, you know, actually, I talk about Perriman. Me and my friend going in the championship game, I picked up Perriman. He thought he was supposed to get Perriman, but I had wa- waiver priority, and he got mad, and he was pissed. He thought I cheated, and I went into the system and uh, put Perriman on my team. He contacted NFL.com. Like, he was – yeah, he was pretty – <laughs> Yeah, because he thought I cheated. You know, he's like he didn't understand because he he had a better priority than me going into the playoffs. But with the NFL.com's playoff uh, waiver settings, it's just rolling. So as soon as you make one, you drop to the bottom. It doesn't matter what the waiver priority is. So, yeah, hopefully maybe he'll draft Perriman before me this year. I, 
you know, let he goes take as, him early. Let him take him early. Yeah, he goes as the wide receiver fifty-eight off the board right now. It's so hard. How can Darnold produce three relevant fantasy wide receivers? Probably yeah, not. Yet, so you know, who's going to be the odd man out? It's not going to be Crowder. I'll tell you that. So it's going to be either Mims or Perriman. Uh, you know, they might not be left out completely, but I don't see more than you know sixty to seventy targets for Perriman and 50 to 60 targets for Mims. I just, there's not enough passing work. I think they're going to continue to try to run the ball and get Le'Veon Bell involved. And then, you know, you add in Chris Herndon. Uh, Chris Herndon, I, I thought he was going to have a good year in 2019. A lot of fantasy owners did. I think he started the year off injured. Uh, decided he's going to because of all the hype. Yes, yeah. I held on to him for so long because of the hype that I'm one of the guys that will not own him again. Yeah, so he's planning on coming back. I think that Wednesday of that week is planning on coming back. Had a hamstring injury. Went to a different injury. Went to a different injury, injury, and he just didn't play much in 2019. I don't remember the games. Maybe a zero, one, two, three. I'm not sure. Two, two games that he played, and they were not good. Yeah. He didn't have any breakout game, so. But he does have talent, and there is hype continuing to go around him. He is the tight end 22 off the board right now. With the NFL being 32 teams, I mean, he's in the top two-thirds of tight ends being took. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if Darnold can produce a fantasy-relevant tight end. Ryan Griffin had some pretty good games last year. Not great, but all right games last year playing as a replacement for Herndon. Um, you know, I if when I talk about this, I kind of feel like, the Jets are kind of the lot worse Tampa or Tom Brady Patriots, you know. They have Crowder like Edelman. They have Mims to go up and get the ball. They have Herndon, pretty athletic tight end. Um, but they're not the Patriots, and you know they have Sam Darnold throwing the ball. Darnold will take a little bit of leaps, but he's not going to take bounds. Um, so yeah, they're not the most intriguing. Just like uh, we touched on the Redskins last week, they're. They're probably right there for being one of the yuckiest fantasy fantasy teams. Ellen. So, <laughs> if they get last, do they take Trevor Lawrence? No. I this and I think uh, Zach is wearing the hat that Trevor Lawrence will be wearing. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've all seen the tanking for uh, tanking for Trevor meme with Bill Belichick in the tank. I'm agreeing with that. I think Lawrence will be in the red, white, and blue soon. I don't think it's in Bill Belichick's pride to go two and fourteen or whatever it's going to take to get Trevor Lawrence. That'd be interesting. Might be what happens though. I mean, we don't know what Bill Belichick's going to do. He'll be there. I just. Oh. <laughs> Houston, I would love it. <laughs> before we go into this or that, because I'm going to exit out. Well, I don't know. I'll just I'll leave that up there. But guys, for everyone at home. This is a great new company. It's called Prop Me. Uh, you can actually bet on how many times I'm going to say Aggies, Kappa Sig, A to B, or SEC on it. Uh, Prop Me is a new innovative gaming platform and really first of its kind. Prop Me makes betting from person to person more easy than ever. Designed for new and experienced gamblers alike, new being me, uh, using a straightforward prop bet that can literally be created on anything. Like I said, being an SEC, playing skins on the golf course, sinking a cup of beer pong if you want to make the Island Cup, if you want to make the Left Cup, whatever. Call it, make it, prop it. Uh, then create the prop. 
And if you want to bet on who's going to win, create the prop. It takes hanging out with your friends to a whole new level, guys. Join today and download the PropMe app or go to PropMeLLC.com. It's pretty cool, pretty fun. I've tried it uh, probably two or three times. It's really cool. Uh, You can do anything on it. Uh, Houston, I've been waiting to do this, man. This or that, let's go. Yeah, Zach didn't get to do this last week. I don't know what this is. (laughs) Guys, Houston... I have one thing that blew my mind that I forgot to bring up for Miami that I think is extremely relevant, and I just forgot to bring it up. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, Fitzpatrick and Rosen combined had only 427 of their 708 dropbacks be clean dropbacks. That's just around 60% of their dropbacks were clean dropbacks. They're and- only going to be having one lineman – Well. Right now, it's looking like one lineman from last year is returning. So if Miami's offensive line improves, we could be talking about an enormous leap in 2020 versus a small leap from just the skill guys. I, yeah, that, that stat blew my mind. I don't know why I didn't bring it up, but that is a big number. Only about just over half of their dropbacks, they were clean dropbacks. That's crazy. That being said, you said there's only one offensive lineman returning this year? Yeah, Eric Flowers should be back. Uh, they do have other linemen, but they address uh, Austin Jackson. They address linemen in free agency. There's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, but most of their starters from last year are not projecting to be starting this year. Some of them are going to be here still with depth. But if the depth charts that are right now just speculative are accurate, there might be only one returning starter on that line, which was bad last year. That just adds to the what we talked about at the beginning of the show was – the chemistry, the offensive line chemistry, Ryan, you and me both played offensive line here in Texas. That offensive line chemistry is everything. You win a game in the trenches. I mean, if you can't call out a dog call or uh, a, a switch up block to your guy next to you, you're not winning any sort of game. Right. So this will be really good. Yeah. I mean, maybe we need to do something on offensive lines here pretty soon because that's going to be something big. Yeah, I don't think people realize how much of a foundation it is for their entire fantasy team. Yeah. Especially running backs, but it goes to receivers and quarterbacks almost as much too. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that stat blew my mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. We went off on a tangent on that one, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so like Zach, was, he wasn't here last week, but we started this new segment called This or That where I go and I'm grabbing two guys with similar uh, draft positions, kind of, now, I don't share these with the crew. I uh, This is their first thought on them. Since we're running, you know, we've been here for about a little over an hour here. I'm only going to give two situations here. Um, and I will, just like me and Chris do, you know, we do our mock drafts on Saturday together and communicate. I want to put you guys on the spot a little bit. and Close see out all we... your rankings, Ryan. So, uh here, first of all, we talked about how COVID will impact um, veteran running backs, veteran wide receivers. So we're going to go with two veteran running backs. That saw two rookies taken and are supposed to be day one impacts. So let's go first year. I'll start with Ryan. Uh, you were given the choice between Damian Williams and Marlon Mack. Which one would you take? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, – I think, honestly, I'll go with Mack. Um, I think Mac was better last year. 
I think that I think CEH is going to eat into his playing time more than Taylor is going to be more of a split. I, mean, I don't think everybody agrees with me on that, but I think Marlon Mack didn't do anything to get less playing time. I know they added Taylor and I know Taylor is special, but um, Damian Williams seems to only play in the playoffs. <laughs> so I do think CEH is going to be the guy to own there. And I am still undecided on if Taylor or Mack is going to be – which one of them is going to get more touches. Like, is Taylor going to adjust quickly? Because I think he is the better back, but Mack's more established. Uh, he's a pretty solid receiving option, and Rivers loves to throw to his backs. So I would lean Mack. I'm yeah. going to the opposite of that. I'm going to lean the other way. Uh, everyone that knows me knows that I will get down to Return of the Mac, the song. I mean, I'm talking shuffling around, dancing, boy. I mean, Return of the Mac. I mean, that's my jam, guys. Y'all don't even know. Uh, you'll play that at a wedding. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm in the center of the stage on that one. But like Ryan was saying, I think – well contradict what Ryan was saying. I think that Marlon Mack will not be the guy to own there. Um, I think Taylor jumps in pretty quickly. I mean, he's a, he's a three down guy. Um, but then also like you were mentioning, Phillip Rivers likes to throw to the running backs. Nehemiah Hines is there. He is the catching back boy. Marlon Mack is a more of a between the tackle type guy. Yeah, he can catch the ball, but I think Jonathan Taylor takes that role over. I think Nehemiah Hines is the catching down back Austin Eckler type role for Philip Rivers. So I'm going to go CEH all day, or I'm sorry, Damian Williams all day on that. I mean, he was a Super Bowl. Wasn't he the MVP of the Super Bowl or, was that, or am I wrong? He just had No, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna quickly side with uh, Chris here because he absolutely should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl, but he was – He had um, two touchdowns and, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, uh, take it. I tend to uh, – I'm just on the side of, like, I know CEH has got a lot of hype around him because of where he was drafted with Kansas City, and I'm just not buying into it yet. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be huge in Indianapolis, but uh, I, I, I just don't see – like, I understand where Andy Reid is coming from and wanting to draft CEH. He's, he, I mean, he's a playmaker. He has the potential to be a playmaker, but I just don't think they have any reason to move off of Damian Williams yet. Um, they have to be given a reason, so I'm just putting a lot of faith in that – Williams is not going to give them that reason. Obviously, I love what Zach just said because he agreed with me. <laughs> of course, of course. You know, it's so hard for me. I honestly, and that's why I ask these questions. Every time I have to answer these questions, I always say they're hard because, and I appreciate you guys answering them. Um, it's hard. I'd probably go Damien Williams, but Vegas uh, will say that Mac and Jonathan Taylor are going to see a pretty similar workload. I still think that Vegas has Mac with more rushing yards this year than Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Um, but I do see with the COVID-related stuff that Damian Williams might have a pretty good first five, six game this season. Uh, this next question, I'm going to start with Zach because I know this is a couple of his favorite guys here. Uh, Two QBs playing against my Bears in the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers versus Matt, Matt Stafford. Um, oh, God. You just put me in a tough situation. Uh, right now, I'm going to go Stafford. Um, I'm a Lions guy, obviously. So a little, bit of that, a little bit of that has to do with bias. But I also 
it's so hard because I catch myself saying this every goddamn year. But <laughs> Staff, Stafford's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. Okay, he was absolutely slaying it last year through eight games. Was on pace to have. He's either two or three, depending on how you know. I don't. I don't average out Mahomes' because I know he missed a couple games too. But uh, either way, it was going to be top three if he stayed on the pace that he was in the first half. I know that's quite the pace that he has to stay on again if he wants to repeat that. But Aaron Rodgers on his way out. We saw with the draft that Green Bay is already like, all right. Well, if you're not about it, get out of here. Like, I don't. I guess in that sense, Aaron Rodgers could also be playing with a chip on his shoulder. But God, if you put me on the spot right now, I'm just I'm going with Stafford because I'm a Stafford guy. I think he's going to show out. I think he's going to be healthy. He's an absolute dog. He'll play through an injury if he has to. If he can't, then he won't. And last year they were so far behind that he just felt like he didn't need to. I think he's going to be at better strength than he's been in years this year. I think Galladay is ready. They added Swift in the backfield to open up the field. I just think I think the rest of the league needs to be ready for a Lions team that is going to look a lot different than it has been. And again, I say that every freaking year, but I think it's for real this time. I'm just going to go ahead and agree with Zach Ron. You can sit down in a second. I'm going to take it back real quick, though. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, we're going to it, guys. We're going to the film. We're going to 2005. Matt Stafford, University of Georgia Bulldog, SEC quarterback versus a scrub Aaron Rodgers from the University of Cal with Marshawn Lynch, with D-Jax, trying to go to the Holiday Bowl, and they beat Texas A&M University in the Holiday Bowl in California. Whatever. So I've got no love for Aaron Rodgers and his alma mater. But Matt Stafford has a great lineup this year. Like Zach was saying, I mean, he's. I'm just going to reiterate everything Zach said because he's right. DeAndre Swift, three down back, way better than what they've had. Good offensive line. I mean, Kenny Galladay, baby Megatron in Detroit in the Dome had nobody throwing to him last year when we were talking about David Blau. You know what I'm saying? David Blau. We got Matt Stafford coming in here throwing the rock to Kenny Galladay. Dude is an animal. Dude is going to be a top 20 guy for sure. Kenny Galladay. Matt Stafford's way higher than that, I believe. But you've got Marvin Jones Jr. You've got all these other pieces that they've added. They've added to the defense. I mean, it's crazy what they can do in Detroit. And Aaron Rodgers may have a little deja vu, or what we can see from a fancy aspect, of Brett Favre. I mean... We see what the organization is doing. We see that they're leaning towards a younger crowd now. They didn't bring any offensive weapons at all. What Aaron Rodgers needed this year to be a top 10 guy. And they didn't do any of that. They added defense. They said, we're going to bring in Jordan Love. And Aaron Rodgers, you are going to have to say that he's good for the for the franchise. You know, kind of like what... Brett Favre had to do for Aaron. A little deja vu there. So I'm going to get off my soapbox, talk about the SEC, talk about Matt Stafford, how good the University of Georgia is, and Brian can take it away. I think I'm going to be the odd man out again. Uh, I Let me prep by saying that I like both of them coming into this year. Uh, it is harder for me this year than it has been. 
But like you were talking about the chip in the shoulder, I think Rodgers is pissed. And I think a top five finish is totally within the realm of possibility. Think the um, double check's going to come back? Dude, I would not be shocked if Rodgers just – we have a vintage Rodgers. I mean, we got to remember also this guy is the all-time leader in touchdown-to-interception ratio in NFL history. Um, he still has Devontae Adams. The morons in Green Bay's uh, front office – what was that? We don't need Love or A.J. Dillon if you're a Packer fan. You needed a receiver in a draft that was loaded with receivers. Huge A.J. Dillon and Jordan Love. I'm not dogging on getting the quarterback of the future, but Rodgers isn't done. And uh, if you made me pick one of those two guys, I'd lean Rodgers. But, again, I like both of them this year. But I have a feeling Rodgers is going to go crazy in 2020. I think the Packers are going to be the team to that division um, just because Rodgers is pissed. I don't see him in Green Bay for much longer. Uh, and remember, Favre, when he went to Minnesota, had a heck of a good fantasy season. He really did. So I, even if he, like, if he gets pissed and demands a trade, which I hope that doesn't happen, he's going to go somewhere and go crazy. I think he's just going to go crazy in 2020 regardless because I think he feels disrespected. And he's a guy that's been playing with a chip on his shoulder since he sat in that green room all, the whole day. So yeah, yeah, you're right. I I would lean Rogers. You think he? I mean, crazy, crazy story. You think he uh, ends up in a Patriots jersey? Dude, chance it could happen. That would be awesome. No, <laughs> you, you don't want to know what kind of jersey I think he's going to end up uh, within the oh, Bears West jersey, Houston. No, but think about it. I mean, <laughs> honestly, think about it. He's uh. The Bears are going to need a quarterback. Trubisky or Foles aren't the long-term uh, answer. You know, they finally piss you off enough that they, you say, you know, the Bears' defense is a top-five defense, and I don't think that's biased. And, you know, people might not agree with that. But he's going to go – he might go somewhere with the defense. Allen Robinson be a good another target for him. But, you know, and to go to NFC uh, North rival, you know, 100-year anniversary, you know, game last year. That would be amazing. But that's a stretch, and that's a whole different story that I could talk about all I want. Um, I'm thinking about that Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is a hard debate. It really <laughs> is. And Stafford's had two back injuries the last two years, uh, but they're kind of freak injuries. Uh, listening to a podcast this morning from uh, – uh, Big dogs got to eat fantasy football. They brought on uh, Dr. Jesse Morrison. He talked about Matthew Stafford's last two seasons of back injuries, and he gave him a 2.5 risk rating out of 10. He doesn't think these back injuries are going to make him a very risky fantasy player. And I totally agree. I do like Matthew Stafford in this de- debate, and it's not because it's Stafford versus Rodgers. It's because of the talent around them and the wide receivers. Um, the Packers didn't go out and get anyone. Besides Devin Funches, and he's not going to, you know, Lazard's still going to be the guy for him. I think Marvin Jones is going to have another good fantasy year with him. It's weird when we see Marvin Jones have three, four touchdown games. It's, you know, just how it works. Um, DJ Hawkinson, another year of him. Hopefully he has a little bit safer play. He doesn't try to hurdle linebackers and safeties and stays with both his feet on the ground. So I'm going to take Stafford here if the draft position is right. Um, if he's being took between like the 12th to 15th quarterback off the board, I would like that. If he's getting took 
with the hype, like the seventh, eighth, ninth quarterback off the board, I'm not buying that. So, but I'd lean uh, Stafford in this debate. That's fair. Houston, Zach, Ryan, it's been fun tonight, guys. Thanks for the insight and analysis, man. I really cannot wait to do this again next week. Uh, I want to thank Michelle from Ball Blastum for joining us tonight and giving her insight on Zach Moss and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, next week, guys, we're going to have Ernest Silva from the Sport Gene come on. Excuse me. Great guy in the fantasy community. They do a lot of stuff, excuse me, with the fantasy community. And he gives good information. So you need to follow them at the Sport Gene on Twitter, on Facebook, and the sportgene.com. Um, everyone who's watching us, though, at home, guys. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry. Ryan. Tell everybody at home what we have been working on as a collective at Belly Up Fantasy because it is awesome, man. I mean, I was literally sitting at my desk today watching you just edit stuff, and I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I was just like, you know, thinking about, oh, where's this guy going to go? Where's this guy going to go? And then I look, and I'm like, oh, why is my guy at 34 up in the top 20? (laughs) Why? Don't know why about all that. So let everyone know at home what's going on behind the scenes that they can follow us, that they can find on our website here pretty soon. And hopefully it will help them win fantasy football championships. Because that's why everyone's here. That's why everyone is listening to us. They don't care about what we think, what we say. They don't want to win. Everyone wants to win. So let's help them win. Yeah. And I hopefully this is going to do just that. We're compiling right now as we, well, not as we speak, but as soon as I get done with this, I'm going to check to see how the updates have gone. Uh, Belly up consensus rankings for all the positions from all of our uh, fantasy writers and and analysts to give you what we at belly up think are the actual rankings. And we will probably not everything's set in stone yet, We'll probably have individual rankings, the high lows, the average rankings. I mean, when I'm studying for fantasy, I'm trying to find people's rankings, trying to see what I like about them, don't like about them. This, you can just hit the website up. There'll be a tab to look at the 2020 consensus belly up rankings. And when you go there, you can see where we have all of the guys. So if you play fantasy football against any of us, use this and you can use it to get good trades on us because you know exactly where we value the guys uh, you know, you'll be able to see where the value is, but I, I'm really excited about it. Um, we will have some, I'm hoping to have it done within a week or so. Uh, once we can get everybody's rankings in, get the averages out and get the official list for our company to have consensus rankings. I mean, I think it's a big deal and I'm really excited to put those out there so people can use it to help them study. I mean, when you brought that to my attention, I was like, why have we not done this before? It's such a good idea. Yeah. That's, um, I'm really excited. So, you know, prior to this, that's all I would do is like, I need to know rankings. I don't care what you're yep. saying. I just want to know what you're ranking your guys at. Right. If I, I do, if I don't, I don't. I'm going to move on. So we'll have a little bit of everybody because we have so many writers here. Uh, speaking of all the writers that we do have, guys, if you're watching us home, especially you, Ethan, I know you're a lawyer by day. Give us a try, man. Submit an application to us. Talk to one of us. You can always find us on Twitter, Facebook. Um Shoot your shot, you know. If you have a big passion for fantasy football, fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball, fantasy golf, whatever. If you want to write about sports in general, come to our website, bellyupsports.com. Click the tab, join the crew. 
fill out the application in the comments. You can even say, hey, Chris Pinto told me to do this because I have a passion for it. And I'll support you 100% because that's how I came into the business. Um, I love it so much. The fantasy community is amazing. Um, going back real quick to fancy rankings, though, uh, I want to give a shout out to WIP, or I'm sorry, WPI up in the New England area. Uh, I was talking to Professor John Abrams, and him and I are working on something that he worked on in 2013. It's Math of Fantasy Football. It's a huge algorithm algorithm that him and three undergrads took together, and they compiled this to become a doctor a, a doctoral paper. It's like 120 pages, so crazy. Uh, but now they're integrating it with Mike Clay's OLP, Mike Clay's uh, FTD, all these different aspects of the fantasy world into one algorithm that is so crazy. Um, I, I can't explain in five minutes. So I've been trying to work on this with these guys and try to get my rankings out that way uh, and leading into this segue. That's why I have Cortland Sutton so low because if you want to have a guy who gets 4.4 catches and 48 yards and .4 touchdowns over the course of five games, go ahead and take him. I'm going to take the guy that's got 66 yards, five catches, and .7 touchdowns. We're going to come out with this hopefully exclusively on Belly Up pretty soon. Uh, it'll come under our name together as a collective, and we'll push it out towards everybody. Most people won't like it because it goes against the grain with a lot of things, but how many times can you say you've won four championships back to back to back to back? Probably never. Try something different. Come to Belly Up Fantasy. Check out what we have because it's going to be amazing. And if you win some ships this year, we don't want to thank you. We just want to follow. We want some comments. We want some love and support, guys. Um, like I said, next week is Ernest Silva from the from the sports gene. Thank you to Michelle from Ball Blastum. And I will give one more shout out to Josh Lozano, who just joined us from Las Vegas. Kappa Sig. Um, love the guy. He's got great insight. Can't wait to see what he does. Everyone, join us tomorrow for our mock draft that Houston and I are going to do. Oh, I say tomorrow. Y'all will see this on Tuesday if you're not watching on Facebook. But on Saturdays, we do a mock draft. Tomorrow, it's going to be an auction draft. It's going to be super fun, super insightful. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for supporting. We'll see y'all next week, guys. Thank you for listening to Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.